Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Natural One Media. Uh, we are here tonight for another session of Dragon Mark Symphony, DM'd by myself. We went away for the uh, holiday break there, so it's been a little while, but we are back at it. Uh, I want to do a little bit of house clean, clear up a few things uh, as we get back into this, since it has been a little bit of a while and there's been some changes going on. Uh, so first and foremost, I want to address that uh, starting from now and going into the preceding future, uh, we are going to be down a player, uh, Jade, who has played the character Nathaniel since the beginning of the campaign, as well as participating in Year of the Toad previously, uh, has asked to step away from the campaign. He has a new job opportunity, which is great, but the schedule conflicts are going to make it really difficult for him to be present. And as such, he has asked to, you know, remove himself from the campaign, step away for a while. It's unfortunate, but I fully respect it. Uh, he is, of course, welcome back to the campaign at any time uh, if he wishes to return in the future. But we're not going to expect anything from him or hold our breath. Uh, we're just going to continue moving on as we as we need to. Uh, that being said, of course, there is the matter of his character, Nathaniel, who is a part of the current party. Uh, the way that I'm going to handle this, because I would prefer to not just, you know, have some sort of a contrivance where I kill off the character or do something to, you know, justify eliminating them completely. So the characters still will continue to exist. I'm going to be controlling them and playing them out for the rest of this current arc. Uh, and then we will have kind of a more natural progression to having them leave the party and we will approach that when we get there. But for now, just understand that he is still going to be part of the party. I will be controlling him and his actions. Uh, so as not to rob you all of your primary healer in this moment, uh, but also to rob the character of being a part of this moment because it is important for them as well. Uh, speaking of absentees, we are also missing our friend Bennett for, uh, this evening. Uh, similar thing uh conflicts outside of the game make it so that he is not able to attend tonight uh he is not leaving on a permanent basis just will not be here for the evening uh so similar situation johannes is not magically going to disappear he is still present in these proceedings uh it is just that bennett will not be here in the current moment to actively control him uh, another thing i want to address as i kind of mentioned before we are close to the end of this current arc it's been a long one, uh, much longer than I had originally anticipated, but I guess that's D&D. That's how it works. Uh, so when we do reach the end of this camp or this arc, rather, of this campaign, um, I'll be addressing it more in detail at that time. Uh, but we'll take a little bit of a break from the campaign. I'm talking like maybe a week to two weeks. Uh, and then we'll have like a very clear start into the second arc. Uh, there'll be a very clear divide between the two uh, when that happens. But for now, we need to recap ourselves on what has happened because the last session that we did have that took place before the holidays began was very eventful and a lot of things happened. Uh, our party, who was, as of that time, positioned in the King's Citadel, uh, meeting with a room packed with people as they were attempting to determine how they were going to go about their plan of approaching the nearby Broken Blade Castle with hopes of rescuing 
the many citizens of the city who are currently being held hostage there by this large sect of rogue warforged being led by a warforged by the name of Three, uh, who has served as the king's right hand for many a year. Uh, when we left off, our group had, through the use of some experimental uh, arcane craft, delved into the memories, what appeared to be the memories, of a more recent acquaintance of theirs, a man by the name of Cassori Dubois. And in diving into those memories, they were able to bear witness to a meeting uh, that he had had with some of his own acquaintances, uh, some of whom the party had had the opportunity to meet uh, not too long ago. The meeting suggested heavily that uh, Johannes uh had ancestors who were involved in uh some architectural work that had gone into broken blade castle itself and one party member uh specifically dak was able to sort of fall into what appeared to be an even deeper memory of sorts uh wherein they were able to witness uh, said ancestor uh, speaking with an unknown shadowy figure who appeared to modify that ancestor's memory uh, and command them to build a secret door into a wall of the castle uh, that would be kept confidential from uh, the rest of the castle's residents, including the royal family themselves. It was determined or deduced that uh, there was a possible connection between this shadowy figure uh, and three, as well as potentially uh, a wizard by the name of Matthias Caldrew, who the party had met with uh, in his apartment a few days prior and had disappeared after a seeming attack on the apartment complex itself. Uh, Matthias, who is uh, through, through hearsay uh, claimed to be responsible for uh, carrying out the resurrection that brought set back from the dead uh, seems to have ties to several important figures that the party has met. Uh, including Trist, uh, one of the proprietors of the Winchester Scythe, as well as uh, several members of a particular group that Cassowary Dubois is involved in. Uh, there seem to be a lot of connecting threads that are sort of converging in this moment that suggest that Matthias Caldrew is involved in some way with how the Warforged have set up this sort of multi-generational plan that has accumulated where we are now with them taking hold of the castle itself uh, and threatening to take over the city in its entirety uh, unless our group uh, turns themselves in to three themselves. So, with these very significant uh, matters at hand, uh, 
our group has finally been given the opportunity to take a long rest in preparation for uh, hopefully finding a way to infiltrate the castle so that they may reach a uh, a chamber up in the tallest tower of the castle, which is believed to house some sort of a, a conduit uh, that is allowing three to project a magic of some sorts out uh, throughout the city and beyond that is allowing this sort of hive mind connection between all the Warforged. Uh, the plan in place is that the uh, the Citadel is going to have sort of a large group of not only city guards and soldiers, uh, possibly some members of the Red Cloak Battalion that are going to act as a sort of offensive front that will be sieging the castle and hopefully drawing the Warforged's direction towards them and their attention away from you. Uh, so, with all of that being said, we find ourselves uh, in the King's Citadel. Um, we're going to kind of rewind time a little bit to before you've had your chance to take your long rest. We are still in the war room. Uh, where this discussion was being had. Uh, all of you are gathered around this large table. Um, at the head of the table still stands uh, the man by the name of Ron, who appears to be a superior officer to Caspian, uh, significantly so. Uh, and you have just kind of gone through the process of sort of relaying out some of the finer details of what you've experienced uh, within those memories. Uh, so where we had left off, I believe, was with the establishment of the plan that uh, Ron will be leading this sort of siege at the front of the castle uh, from the southern side so that you may approach the castle from the northern side and hopefully find this secret entrance uh, that was being used to sort of ferry additional warforged in without arousing any suspicion. Uh, and so that is where we back up uh back in uh if anybody has any questions anything they're they're unsure of that they need to know before we dive in let me know right now and we'll we'll get right into it we'll get get cracking i don't think so no immediate questions at the moment no oh, yeah i mean i'm right. ready to crack and crack a lacking yeah. uh Time. so do something <laughs> and our plan so isn't to, the the strongest but yeah, yeah to address that because uh, the what i've laid out is sort of the extent of the plan that's been made so far uh so i want to kind of hop in at that moment so in this war room uh everyone's sort of breaks away you see various people sort of getting into groups conversing with each other uh Diagrams are being drawn out. People are going to sort of these adjacent walls, which, if you recall, many of them have these enormous diagrams and maps and, and boards all laid out on them. And you see people are going to them. They're beginning to sort of make plans. Uh, groupings are occurring. A lot of conversation between all of these people. Um, you notice that Ron motions uh, Caspian over to him, uh, as well as Deirdre and Nebik. And he begins sort of speaking with them in this sort of small group. And 
everyone sort of breaks away from this table, leaving all of you at the table by yourselves, along with Cassowary Dubois, who is still standing opposite of you, uh, and is looking around, you know, very concerned, unsure of what's going to happen. Um, as everybody breaks away, a few soldiers walk up to Dubois and actually begin placing him into uh, shackles. Uh, he kind of looks around. And he's like, "What is what is the meaning of this? What's, what's going on?" Uh, and you hear Vron say from from across the other end of the table there uh, that it is a precaution, a necessary precaution, as there is some matter of involvement potentially uh, of his with this incident occurring, and as thus uh, they feel it is necessary for him to be taken to a secret location, a confidential location, um, not only for their benefit, but for his benefit as well. And he is, you see, as he is sort of led out of the room and the doors closed behind him as he goes. Come on, after that uh, whole conversation we had, you couldn't tell me, like I'm saying, this, this would be the, like, this would conceptually be the cassowary, like the idea of, like, mm-hmm. we had that whole conversation and you thought you somehow were not going to get at least detained. Right. You you can kind of see that there's a, cause he doesn't actively fight the guards and, and you kind of read in his face how there's this sort of thing like of like, the, like, what's going on here? Like, do you know exactly? The, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's obviously resistant to, to the idea, but there is a bit of a dejection too, as it's not, he's not entirely unaware that, a lot of what he said can implicate him into some very serious manners. And so as much as he wants to, you know, fight against it and, uh, you know, resist, uh, he, he's not foolish enough to actively try to resist in this moment. It, it, it would be a very unwise thing for him to do. Um, but yeah, uh, you all are kind of left at the table by yourselves as all of these groups begin to form. Uh, people begin to file out of the room. Uh, a lot of them sort of conversing with each other, working things out uh, as you are kind of left just as your own group. Are the uh, blueprints for the castle still laid out on the table? They are, yes. Okay, the, cool. uh, there was this kind of this almost like a 3D projection, this, like, arcane, like, multi-layered image, like a topographical map that had been, you know, presented on the table. And this magic is still active. So you can see this sort of large, um, three-dimensional view of the castle, uh, including its sort of its surrounding area, uh, as well. Um, so I'll kind of just go up to it and be like, so I think uh, probably what we should do before before we get some rest is at the very least get a very general idea of what directions we're going to be going. It may get very confusing in there, but so long as we have the most basic idea of what where we need to turn, where we need to go, I think we can handle other things as they come up. But just so long as we know which direction we need to keep going, I think that'll be that'll be important and just kind of try and like either like move around or move it and look at where we would be potentially entering where that secret door is. And then 
looking at what route we would need to take to get up to that tower. Um, if if all of you would like, uh, I would actually, uh, I would be quite all right with y'all doing uh, something of a an intelligence check, uh, and we'll sort of we'll take your intelligence checks and based on the average of them, we'll see if there's any additional insights you can sort of determine from looking at this map specifically. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, so uh, if everybody go ahead and roll an intelligence check here, we'll just do a flat intelligence roll. Whoa. Okay, 19. That's very good. I rolled a 19 plus 3, 22. Nice. Excellent. Way to to dismiss me. (laughs) Well, you know, this is going to be the most validation. The wizard's going to have a pretty low roll because my base roll is a 6 here, and it's just intelligence. Just intelligence. That's an 11. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so 11, 2. Okay. Uh, So, if we're looking at our map, here on roll 20 uh this sort of central area is very much uh very representative of what you're seeing just as a kind of like a top down uh yeah two-dimensional view uh that being said So if we kind of look at this square here as being everything that's represented on that map. Uh, from your position at the King's Citadel, uh, you know that there is still this uh, inner wall that represents the the actual sort of inner wall of the castle itself. Uh, it has several towers. Uh, from which there are literally dozens and dozens of vantage points for anybody that is in the castle itself. Um, And then, of course, you know, more towards the back of the castle houses multiple spires that kind of stick upward at different lengths. Uh, And then, of course, you have sort of the main tower, which stands taller than all of them. Uh, The chamber at the top of which you of course serve your goal uh so it stands to reason that if you move northward and kind of loop around to the back there is a section of wall at the very back uh that spans something like 150 to 200 feet uh where you anticipate that the secret entrance probably exists. Uh, Now, from that position, there are two towers at the very back that stand about a good 75 to 80 feet in the air uh, that provide vantage points. And from that positioning... If somebody were to look straight down, they would be able to see you. But if they were looking out in general, there is a blind spot coming from the base of the castle wall out about 40, 45 feet, where unless somebody was directly looking downwards, they would not be able to notice you right away. 
especially if you use the cover of night to your advantage uh as you would have you know a a large section of shadow there to sort of sneak through uh you're going to be passing multiple towers in order to reach that point however uh so you'll likely have to use a lot of these smaller uh buildings that stand adjacent and kind of wrap around the castle itself as cover. So you'll likely have to hop from building to building to building um, in order to avoid detection getting to that point. And the roofs are probably a no-go as well, because the a lot of the roofs are very basic gable roofs, uh, no real easy access points, and they're right in line of sight with uh, most of these towers on the eastern side of the castle. Uh, so you may potentially have to stick to the ground, uh, but it is your choice, of course, how you actually want to uh, go about it, if it is your preferred route, or if you want to go another way. Um, but yeah, just, just from your general intelligence, you can you can see that there is, uh, there is a path to take sort of coming up this eastern side. Um, but it is in view of multiple towers, and you will have to be very stealthy uh, or very cunning to be able to make your way through that undetected. So, like that path that I just drew on the map, then. Um, if you drew a path, I'm not seeing a Tell me. path to you available. Okay. Um, yeah. Hold on. Give a second. Okay, we're good. We disconnected. Not to say that is your only option, but that seems like the most clear option. Gotcha. And then, as far as the interior of the castle goes, does this also show? Like, does this rendering that we're looking at also be? Is it capable of showing that interior, or would we have to look at something else to see the interior? Uh, it is not the the map you are seeing is very much like a topographical map of the exterior. Gotcha. Uh, it is showing you the the island itself. Um, to see the interior, you, you don't know for certain, because this is not a magic that you are innately familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, so you may have to check with somebody to see who it is that's actually projecting the map itself, and if they can, uh, present one that is of the interior. Gotcha. Okay, that'll probably Or if somebody has, like, a copy of, you know, the, the castle's interior in a scroll or something on hand. Okay, so once, once... Uh, the people that we know are done having their conversation, I will probably uh, be sure to mention that to, to at the very least, Caspian and Nebic. Uh, if, did we see who, like, actually rendered this? Was it Vron that did it? Uh, you had not seen. When you entered the room, this projection was already, was up. already up. Okay. Uh, then, yeah, probably just uh, ask Caspian and Nebic once, uh, once they're done having their conversation. Mm-hmm. So that we they, can try uh, and plan that a little more. Yeah, you, you look over and you see that the conversation is still in full effect. Um, it is. Uh, it's a bit hushed, but if anybody would like to make a perception check, they could possibly see if maybe they could uh, pick up on something from it. Yeah, might as well. Who says I'd fail this one? Oh wow! I got nineteen minus one, so eighteen. Okay, well, I got a five. Excellent. My imaginary two eyes are working really well. <laughs> I'd like to remind the audience, though, I still look like 
uh, Caspian's illegitimate son. Mini Caspian, yes. The 38? <laughs> what? Oh, shit! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. 38. Let's see. Let's see what we got going. And hey, since it is a new year, and we're starting back up for a little bit of a break, why don't I explain what's happening right now? Uh, for anyone who is new to to watching our show, first of all, hello. Uh, second of all, uh, Natural One Media has a very unique thing that we like to do, where uh, if somebody rolls a Natural One, uh, they will have to then roll a D100, and there is a chart that we use uh, that they will roll the D100 and it'll determine something that happens based on the chart. Uh, so in this case, Marshall has rolled a natural one, uh, and has followed it up by rolling a 38. Uh, so we're going to take a look at my chart and see what that, uh, what that results in. I highly recommend you get all these out of the way before you get to the castle. Yeah, I mean, at least I can get that, right? <laughs> um... How old, technically speaking, is Sylvia? Oh, no. Good question. Um, 65. 65. Okay. At least only she becomes four years older. I'm young and spry compared to you, folk. <laughs> Uh, and you feel younger and well, spryer as well as you're, um, said you're an elf, right? Or yes, I am an elf. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> well, actually, yes, I am still young and spry. Well, I mean, I'm pretty young and spry, especially compared to, or compared to the elf who at 65, I would still be considered a child. <laughs> um, and as you, uh, as you're attempting to listen into the conversation, you're distracted by this sudden, overwhelming feeling of youth. Uh, there's just like this energy that sort of you feel uh, come about you. You feel more. Uh, I keep going back to energetic because that's what it is. I mean, you you feel like you could run a marathon. You feel. Uh, not any less wiser by any means, but definitely like you've become younger. Uh, and that's because you have, you are now seven years younger. Ooh. Your left knee st starts hurting a lot less. <laughs> yeah. You can no longer predict when storms are coming because of it. <laughs> I jumped off a that chair the other day and it, was, and it was, my world ended. It was like a small chair too. I just hopped off and I was like, ah. Yep. Yep, that'll happen. Yep. Uh Congratulations okay. on your new knees. So that being said, uh it's gonna be like when you guys were calling uh when you guys were calling uh Everett grandpa. <laughs> yeah, <Everett's>. child. <laughs> he was Elf amongst <laughs> many, many non-elves. 
bunch of freakazoids. And not even like not elves, like not even like you know, not even like a a gnome where one of them's a gnome, and so they're still older. No, <laughs> everyone is likely in that party uh, remaining, likely to die by the age of eighty. <laughs> I am an uh, incredibly young elf. If it if it means anything, yeah. making the note. Deck. That, was, that means so is Everett. That's me. You uh, you managed to sort of tune out all these other voices and all these other groups that are talking in the room and sort of focus in that, yeah. on uh, this specific group that's that's speaking. Um, you can hear Ron speaking very curtly. Uh, no nonsense, right to business, as he is saying to uh, Deirdre, um, we need your eyes as far up as possible. Uh, I want you to speak with the other archers set up a formation we're going to need coverage of seven units from the south but I also don't want to underestimate any potential units coming in from the east or the western sides Uh, the last thing we want is any sort of pincer formation coming around us we don't have any other protection from the rear it's just water Uh, and she nods yes understood of course Um, and he looks to Caspian and he says, Durant, I want you with me. Uh, and Caspian sort of looks around a bit and he says, well, what about them? And he says, no, I want you with me. I need your leadership on this. You're going to take one of the garrisons and you're going to be moving them into the eastern ward. You understand where they have, and, and Caspian nods and goes, "Yes, yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense." But what? what so then, what of them? Uh, and Ron says, "I'll talk to them." Um, and Ron sort of looks up from the group and says, "Uh, you there? The uh, the uh, sorry, do you all have a?" Like a like a group name, or a, are you are you sort of like a like a team of any sort? I, I wasn't made aware of any designation you might have. Oh God! I would uh, say no. Um, <laughs> not not at the moment. <laughs> that that's fine. Um, if you could all just come here, please. I was gonna say if you could all just make up something right now. <laughs> <laughs> We we need it. We need to code names. We need a way to refer listen, to you guys. Listen. You have to do this now. Exactly. We We're can't not, move forward we, unless we, we cannot get possibly execute this plan unless we have cool code names to call you. It's just <laughs> not. It, it's just not possible. It, it can't be done. Uh, yeah. But no, yeah. <clears throat> he he, he motions for all of you to to join them. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. We have enough time. Uh, I understand that you've all been through a bit just to get to this point. So if you need to take a rest, we have safe quarters where you'd be able to do so. Uh, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page as far as what is going to happen. Uh, Just over eight hours from now, we are going to be making a siege on the castle. Uh, We're going to be attacking it from the south. Uh, We have a strong line. Uh, we'll be approaching uh, from the bridges, but there is some complications with that. Uh, it's going to be very difficult for us to retreat. Uh, 
as such, any attempts to do so, we would be funneling through the bridges or by water, uh, which keeps us extremely open to counterattacks of any sort. I'm putting a lot of my men in danger by having them attack from this position. But the reason that we're doing it this way is so that you all are able to sneak around to the northern side of the castle walls, find this entrance that you speak of, and infiltrate from there. Great, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like about what we gathered from the conversation. The key location that we need to reach, if you can, is going to be this conduit that is uh, supposedly positioned at the tallest tower. Um, there should be a stairway somewhere nearby that will take you up. There, there's multiple, in fact, that lead up into the upper levels. Uh, Nebik, uh, he sort of motions to Nebik. Could you uh, project an interior, uh, an interior mapping uh, of the area? Uh, and Nebik says, uh, "Yes, uh, I could. Uh, I, let me uh, just uh, just a moment." And he he sort of moves over, and he waves his hand over the map. And as he does, the map rotates in real time and sort of reses out of existence to be replaced by a flatter map uh, that shows these uh, uh, sort of a so several rooms that are interconnected uh, by various hallways and doors, uh, as well as a few staircases located there. Um, he begins to point them out to you. He says that there are uh, yes, so there are four floors uh, to the castle itself. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot give you a detailed mapping uh, of these floors as much as I would like to. Um, there are enchantments in place that actually prevent me from uh, creating a detailed mapping uh, specifically uh, to ensure that certain parts of the castle are kept secret. As it stands, though, uh, there are multiple rooms uh, in the first floor. Uh, based on our current knowledge, we know that one of the rooms is the main room, which I believe you all have actually visited uh, previously. Uh, it's the room that has the very ornate... Uh, crystalline drawing of the three elder dragons uh, on its floor. Uh, there are also several large uh, stained glass windows uh, that sort of illuminate the room and serve as potential access points. Uh, granted, somebody has the ability to smash through them. Uh, and outside of that, there are many other rooms as well, but most of these are walled off and the walls themselves uh, are about, uh, well, four and a half feet thick. Uh, right. You're not going to break into any of them unless you have extremely heavy artillery, and even then, uh, some of the enchantments protecting the castle are going to prevent that from even happening. Uh, that being said, when you manage to make your way into the castle... Because we don't know exactly where this entrance is located, 
Um, it's hard to say which of these rooms you're going to enter into. Uh, but when in doubt, I can say, and he kind of waves his hand over the, the map and sort of zooms it in a little bit. Uh, there is a singular stairway at the center of the castle. That leads upstairs. It's right next to... There's a sort of a side storage room uh, that I believe at this time houses several uh, large wooden casks and barrels. Uh, the adjacent room to this stairway is actually a long hallway with several large columns uh, pointing out of it. So if you see that room and you see a stairway adjacent to it, Definitely take that stairway. It's going to be your fastest way to get to the second level. Um, there is another stairway you could take as well, but that one is uh, a it is a spiral staircase that is connected to a room where we house infantrymen, um, sort of like a barracks of sorts in this uh, hexagonal space. Um, so that room, as I said, has a stairway that leads downstairs into the dungeons, but there is also a spiral staircase that leads up. So you'll want to take the spiral staircase, not the straight one. Um, that being said, most of the other rooms that you may find yourself going into, uh, they do not have an upstairs. So you'll want to sort of funnel yourselves as near to the center of the castle as you can. Um, until you find a stairway that leads up as opposed to leading down. And where where are these stairs going to be located relative to where these, uh, you know, the hostages are being held relative to where, you know, the bulk of the Warforged are? Are we going to be entering anywhere near them, or is that something that we're going to really be having to be careful about? I actually don't believe you are, because you are approaching from the northern side. I don't. I don't know if you're able to recall from your previous visit. Um, but there's there's almost a sort of separation. the The central room that I'm describing, the throne room, is intentionally almost sort of disconnected from uh, the rest of these rooms. It's almost sort of housed in its own building that is connected to the castle, but it's it's done in such a way that it is still, it's connected, but it is separated. It's isolated from these other rooms. Uh, you would actually be, only be able to access this grand hall once you reach the third floor. Uh, it is not accessible from the first and second floors that you are likely to encounter uh, from this entryway. And okay. again, that's assuming that this secret entrance is on the ground level, which, based off of Cassowary's uh, notes there, it seems like that'll be the case. Um, but yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to access the, the main hall, the, the throne room, from the first floor. You would actually have to reach the third floor prior to being able to access So this, this will be, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to keep an eye out, obviously, even still on the first and second floors, but we'll have to be especially careful moving forward from the third floor on, is what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, I expect that they will have some sort of patrols in place, uh, on every floor, uh, and especially so on the third and floor floors, 
Uh, the third floor in particular, because of its connection to the throne room, and the fourth floor uh, is the only floor that has access to that tower that it, we believe is housing the conduit. Um, so I expect those top two floors to be very secured uh, and will be very difficult to, to navigate through them. Well, hopefully the uh, the attack from the front will reduce some of their numbers, uh, minimize the patrols, hopefully. Um, that's what that's what we are hoping as well, especially any of the Warforged that are positioned in any of the miscellaneous towers, um, the ones who would be able to uh, see anyone approaching from any of the other sides of the castle. Yeah, I guess step one is, in fact, getting in. We can worry about the rest of it once we actually get in there. Of course, of course. All right, uh, I th- I think I think that's uh, that's all the information I think that I needed. Uh, does anyone else have anything that we need to be looking at this map for? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and then uh, is is it just going to be our t- our usual group then? Is uh, It'll just be us and Caspian, right? Um, and at this point, Vron steps in. It will be your group, yes. Um, we want all of you to stay together in the same formation. Uh, too large of a group, we feel, is going to attract uh, unnecessary attention. What's more, though I understand he has been responsible for your care up to this point, I am going to be taking... Uh, Durant here for my own purposes. I will need him to lead a garrison that is going to be approaching from the westward side. Uh, there is a specific entrance there uh, that we feel is going to have the largest concentration of these Warforged. And also, we suspect that this may be where the hostages were led in from initially. And as such, we are hoping that it will be our easiest way to reach them if we are successful in our seat. All right, then. Uh, it'll definitely be, you know, a bit, a bit of a hamper to our offensive capabilities. But I, to- I, I, I at least, at the very least, understand that. Uh, Caspian is definitely uh, probably of better use uh, outside of our infiltration. Do you... Vron's thing. This is, this is, of course, a sneaking mission. Um, yes. Normally, in circumstances such as this, my expectation would be on-site procurement. Uh, any additional equipment you need, you would uh, along the way, as it were. But I recognize that I am not speaking to soldiers. I am speaking to citizens. Is there any additional armor or weapons you feel you may need? I can see about having it be provided for you before you take your journey. Um, I'll kind of look around to her group. I don't, I don't know if we necessarily need armor or weapons uh if if we have potions to spare 
I think that would be helpful. But potions can uh, be provided, absolutely. Um, otherwise, I I don't want to speak just I want to speak for the party. Um, yeah, Jack, what's up? Um, uh, forgive my interruption. Um, there were two things that I wanted to um, bring up. Uh, the first involved the um, the absence of Prince Caspian, and as this is a as you say sneaking mission. If we do account for um, those allies on our side, how would they know that we are on the same side? Uh, Secondly, uh, if you have any items that can enhance magics in any way, that would be appreciated. Enhance magics. Elaborate on Um, Something that can... Increase the power of magical spells, potentially. I'm still uh, new to the uh, to the experience. See, um, Nebic sort of looks at you inquisitively, says. Well, it's it's difficult to say. I mean, there's not too much we can do as far as short-term substantial improvements of your magical ability. Uh, magic, by its very nature, is something that has to be practiced and studied over an extended period of time for it to become more comprehensive and, and powerful. Um... I'm afraid I don't have anything that in the short term could boost your magical abilities, per se. Um, I could enchant items for you, but that also, depending on the nature of the item, could take some time to accomplish. Are you looking to learn perhaps additional spells? Are you seeking additional tools for your arsenal, as it were. Um, Forgive me for the interruption, but what is this? How do you learn spells? You don't know them inherently and cast them? Oh, no, not not necessarily. Uh, Many of the the brightest, most accomplished witches and wizards of our time uh, rely on scrolls and, and literature, the the spell books uh, that we carry upon ourselves that allow us to to cast spells. Uh, in addition to learning and understanding them, um, and the same can be said for even those who do not carry an innate magical ability. Uh, they can use scrolls, and indeed, that is one of their greatest boons: is that they themselves uh, carry this magic and allow those who do not use magic in normal circumstances to share in their benefit and their effects. Uh, I could provide you with a spell scroll and you would be able to use it in in the field, as it were, and cast its spell even if you had not taken the time to to master it uh, previously. And he kind of looks to you, Silva, and says, you you must be familiar with this, of course. The 
the benefit of, of having a good magical scroll uh, at hand. Oh. There is no burning for you? No painful sensation? No, but I suppose that depends on where your magic comes from, the the origin of of your abilities. If you gather them from uh, the art of reading, uh, of study and practitioners of magic do, or if they came from another source entirely. Uh, sorcerers, uh, for example, don't always gain their magical abilities through close study. Uh, it can be uh, through a very specific event or even given to them from birth. Magic is a curious thing, eh, child. It can come from many sources. But it is not painful for you when you cast it every single time? For myself, no. I, I, can, I can't speak uh, much to, to having such, such things occur. I'm going to look at Silva real quick. Maybe so, but it is not painful for you to cast magics. No. What is not? I I learned because it was an enjoyable experience. Very much not a painful one. There was no shearing burning in your... I've said too much. Well, as far as I have taken it, (laughs) Dak... I've taken it that uh, I have long taken the fact, due to your lack of a visible spell book at any point, that you are uh, that your casting comes more from an innate ability, um, and I haven't known many many sorcerers in my past, but uh, I am aware that it does come from somewhere within you. Uh, which is different than me. I learned the... it. Thus. Yeah. Thus, I have my book. It sounds like you have a very unique experience, Doc. Yes, the first but... I've heard of necessarily casting magic being painful. Forgive me for the interruption, but how can I learn this magic where it does not hurt? Oh, by attending schools, young young one. Uh, our city here uh, indeed houses one of the finest uh, arcane institutions in the land. Uh, that, of course, being Morgrave University. Um, circumstances being what they are, I don't know that you would have time to enroll in classes at the moment. Uh, but be that as it may, of course, should we... Uh, I'll get out of this alive. Uh, you are, of course, more than welcome to enroll. There is no age cap on when you can begin to study magic. It is... It is... It is... An important part of our world as it exists. Uh, anyone is welcome to to apply uh, to, to enroll. Yeah, this may be a good idea moving forward to understand maybe where your magic comes from, get a better understanding of it, Doc. Um, I will say that the path of learning and the path of painful magic casting seem very similar to me. I must think on this. Thank you. Do not like reading, Doc. It is 
I mean, it is not that I don't like reading. Is um, I don't like reading for the memorization of details that must be quizzed to me later. That is a core function like, of education. <laughs> it doesn't sound like we have an answer for, for your issue in the short term then, Doc, unfortunately. We can, uh, yes. as Nebik said, we, this can be something that we can work on. <laughs> there there once, are once severely more pressing matters at hand. And we can, as I, as I was, uh, as I said, uh, we can provide you, we have a, a small selection of scrolls that are readily available. Um, not just for you, Dak, but for any of you, if you feel, uh, that it may be, uh, helpful in carrying out this endeavor. Um, I see not why we could, uh, potentially provide, uh, a little bit of, a little bit of scroll magic to, to help you carry out. Obviously. Unless any of say, if any of those spells are... Are for are nothing of those spells are for the curing of wounds. I think I should be good. Do you have stealth based magics? Stealth based. Hmm. Yes, of <laughs> course. Something to aid. Stealth based, and I got really confused. <laughs> uh, no, that's I what mean, the hats are for. No, that makes sense. Of course. Uh. You know what? If you'd like, I can check on that for you uh, while you all are uh, resting and preparing for, for this mission. Uh, I would be more than happy to check from our assortment of schools. I'll see if I can I can find some for you, and if you wish to take them with you, you may. Otherwise, uh, they will. Uh, I can return them back to our uh, uh, our dispensary and be, be alright. Yeah, I mean, and I, I require less rest than the rest of my party, so uh, I'll be able to take a look at those uh, much sooner. So that we can Wonderful. get that taken care of. Wonderful. Um, do you perhaps have a spell to assist oneself or others by making them um, react faster? Act faster. Interesting. I think you're thinking of something, perhaps something of like a haste. Uh, Bless you. Maybe there could be. Uh, thank you, child. Uh, I, perhaps it could be... No. What if there's something more powerful than that? Uh, haste is good, but... Maybe something better. Something that can affect a wider range of people. I'll have to think on this. I'll, I'll have to approach it, but... Something to keep in mind, for sure. Silence. Yeah. Uh, I, something avoiding detection, yes. Mm. I, I definitely think that, uh... The, the stealth is going to be our primary focus, unfortunately. Uh, you know, we have we do have a few members of our party who are not the uh, most unobtrusive. As I take like a quick look over at Nathaniel in his full armor, duty form. Right, I know you're talking about me, lad. Oh, I mean nothing by it, Nathaniel. <laughs> no, honestly, Nevik, if you got. Uh... Any kind of a scroll that is uh, silencing armor or something like that, that'd be pretty helpful for us. For me, especially. Uh, yes, yes, I will, I will look into that, for sure. Uh, well then, is, is there anything else you all would need? Uh, as I say, I'm more than willing to, to uh, try to procure things for you. Um, Jack, what was your first question again? I feel like we skipped 
over to your second one. Um, forgive me. The first question was how to identify, um, identify ourselves to any other potential allies that we right. might run into. I mean, our enemies are warforged, Doc. You mean the the hostages, young one? If you come across anybody who is a citizen, uh, ensuring that they understand that you are acting on behalf of the king. That too, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I understand. Hmm. This is... I'm forgetting the interruption, but it is not unwise to say that there is no um, potential humanoid actors here that are not um, warforged. You have a point, Mm -hmm. Doc. Yes, very much so. I suppose we'll need to give you something that is representative of the King Citadel that a warforged will not be able to replicate. Right, we they we encountered a warforge that was able to disguise itself as yes. one of our own. Yes, the unfortunate, the unfortunate matter. Uh, well, fortunate in this particular circumstance is warforge, being what they are, are capable of practicing magic and as such are able to use concealment spells. It is a troublesome thing for this particular situation. What could we give you that a Warforged can't replicate through Spellman? That is the... Hmm. What in... That's... There's quite the conundrum. Illusion magics are fairly capable at mimicking pretty much everything. I shall have to think on this as well, perhaps. I apologize for not having an answer for you right away. This is not something that I had thought of previously, but it could prove to be important later on. Uh, did anyone have anything else they wanted to bring up? If if not, I think now is now is a great time to to get that rest that we sorely need. It would be agreeable. The rest of you. Bless you. Excellent, then. Um, in that Bless case, uh, Captain Durant here can lead you to your sleeping quarters. They're nearby. Um, we have some uh, barracks here that you can use to uh, get some rest before the attack occurs, and we will wake you up in advance of it, of course. He, he kind of looks around, and for the first time, he seems like a little uncertain of what to say um, as he kind of looks at all of you. I don't know that I have eloquent enough words to express 
how much I regret having all of you be put into this position. Just I really think we've heard I, that I enough do... at this point. Uh, <laughs> I think we've we've gone past it by this point. <laughs> please, please understand that we do not take any of this lightly. I especially appreciate your service to the king. I do wish you good luck. As much as I don't want to put additional pressure on you, the city and potentially the nation itself is counting on you. Yeah, no pressure whatsoever. Um, I mean, we we won't be able to do our jobs uh, if you know anything fails on your guys' end. So, best of luck on your side as well. I hope to see all of you on the other side of this. Rest assured that we will not take any reckless action. We will do everything that we can to hold the castle from the southern side and to keep their attention diverted towards us. I have been preparing for situations like this for many years. While I obviously hoped that something like this would never occur in my lifetime, we prepare for a reason, and I will not falter. Durant, take them to where they'll be getting their rest, uh, and please do so promptly. We have more that we need to go over for today's siege. Uh, Caspian nods. Yes, my lord. Uh, everyone, uh, this way. Let me let me show you. Uh, and he takes you all to the the door leading out of the room. Right. And follow along. He leads all of you uh, out into the hallway, uh, and you follow him down a flight of stairs, seemingly further down into the ground itself. Uh, you come down to a very large uh, room that is littered with beds like stacked on top of each other there's bunk beds like two or three beds high uh no real furniture in the room it's mostly just the beds there's a few desks but they're they're small uh as well as some cubbies over in a corner uh for the placing of like garments and and personal items and things of that sort uh it's clearly not meant to be like a residential room at so much as just sort of like a place specifically to sleep uh, he sort of leads all of you in and says, well, um, everyone get some rest. Try to gather yourselves as much as you can. I'll see all of you tonight and try not to worry too much. I, I have full faith that you'll be able to do this. We've been through quite a lot already. Yeah, I've I've died once, you know. Can't happen again, right? 
I honestly can't tell you somebody I know who's died twice. See, there we go. Exactly. I it it definitely doesn't seem to be you know like a sweet home Alabama type situation where lightning <laughs> strikes twice in the same spot. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll take something positive away from that. We can only we can only hope. Yes, Dad. It's Caspian. I trust you have a plan. I do. My plan is to follow Vron's plan. But I don't think that's what you were asking. No. He leans into, he reaches into a pocket. Um, and he pulls from it a small stone. Hands it to you. Uh, and this stone, you notice, is different from the one that you had seen previously, that it was the sending stone. Uh, this one is very small. It's almost more akin to like a pebble. And there is a single piece of, uh, like, uh, string that is sort of tied around it, uh, as well as, like, a, a drop of some sort of hardened liquid on one side of it that has sort of created this hardened bead. Um, he gives it to you. He says, If it gets dire, and you absolutely need help, Touch this bead to your forehead. And you can send a message to me. Wherever I am, I will come find you. But understand that doing so, I would be breaking away from the rest of the garrison and be in direct violation of I'm willing to do that if it means keeping all of you alive. But it would likely be my last act as a captain of the Citadel. We appreciate that, Caspian. Here's to hoping that we don't have to do that. I'll kind Please of be careful. just pat him on the shoulder and walk past and claim a bed. I look to Caspian and look to his hand, look to my hand, and then shakily just reach out for a handshake. It's <laughs> it's easier if I initiate it. He puts his own hand forward and takes your hand. I like flinch, but I give it one good shake. Then I let go. Give you one good shake. Dak, you are still mini Caspian at the point. You haven't dropped that at any point, right? Yeah. Great. Um, If you die... 
Prince Caspian, just know that I will continue to wear this face in your honor. I and would actually prefer if you didn't. Um, <laughs> and if I have any words to ask, you would be uh, you are my father, and that's not correct. Uh, <laughs> Missy would be my my mother, and you two had a love child years ago. Also incorrect. <laughs> if you don't, if you do not want this to come true, then you will stay alive. I understand now the importance of my mission more than ever. Thank you, Deck. I'm here to help. Glorious. Deck is going to turn around and go to bed and then flop over because he's been doing this all this on three hit points. Uh, Caspian looks over to you, Silva, and says, please, under no circumstances, let him do any of that. <laughs> Identity theft is a joke. I I don't think they understand. Uh, muffled, you just hear uh, that go, just don't die. Dak, what bed did you choose relative to where that is? Um, I'm going to say just the next one over. Great. Set's going to reach over and snatch the hat off the top of your head. At that point, I like to think that Dak is like, once he hits the bed, he's almost out. Saying just don't die is the last thing he consciously says, and he's knocked out. So by the time you take the hat out, he's he's almost snoring. He's just face down on the bed. Okay. I'll just hold the hat up to Caspian and like put it in my bag. Honestly, if you wanted to like burn it, I'd, you know, I'd be okay with that too. I, we have to I, return. I, I, I don't think you would have. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's trist. We... Well, but not so much trist, but you know, Victoria. I don't. I do not want to get on her bad side. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I guess I hadn't thought of it. Dak mumbles, "Father," in his uh, sleep while rolling over. This is the last thing I need, right? I have so much to focus on. Stay safe, Caspian. You too. Um, Deck, you said you fell asleep at this point? You're essentially yeah, falling asleep I'm, at this point? I'm out like a light. Um, Silva. Caspian looks to you. Pain from Captain Magic. What do you think? What do you make of that? Silva? Sorry. Based out on me for a second there. You all right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
Sorry, I'll read I'll I can I'll explain off stream why I'm super distracted, but <laughs> I need no, that fine. again. <laughs> it's fine. Uh he was saying he he mentioned pain from using magic. That it hurts him to do so. What do you what do you make of that? What do you think? I mean unfortunately I'm I'm not I mean I don't while I know of how sorcery works, I am not inherently inherently aware or knowledgeable of you know, all of the subtleties that happen with it. You know. I mean inevitably the only th the main thing I know of is that it is done through effectively it is done through the bloodline of the the person that has it. Hence their ability to naturally manifest. Um though some creatures like myself or I know are able to manifest it as well, but not be sorceress in nature. Uh, but I know little of all the sources that exist out there. I know of the mo I know of some of the one of the most common one being that of the dragon's blood. But of course, draconic bloodline. Yes, I have been told there are a great many out there. know of which all of them likely be end up in a folly. Has Deck mentioned anything to you about his ancestry? Where he comes from? No. He, I mean, outside of his homeland, there's, uh, is generally kept to himself on that. Nothing and, about his parents. No. As far as I know, he could he could inevitably be some type of royal being that, or not royal being, but he could be a royal from the land he comes from. We truly wouldn't know. Despite that, we pretended to be one at one point. I was thinking about that, because it seemed like... I don't know. I, I feel like I can't predict him. There will be times when it seems like he doesn't know or understand much of anything, and then other times he'll ask certain questions that I feel like someone would have to have some base level of knowledge to even know to ask those questions in the first place, and it's just it's hard to get a read on him. I, I don't I don't know. It's true. Are you holding this conversation like audibly or like this is a very quiet conversation. Okay. And at this point, Johannes and Nathaniel have both broken off and have gotten into adjacent beds as well over on the other side. I suppose if you would like, you could try to uh, eavesdrop on the conversation. Uh, no, I was just... If it was audibly loud enough to perceive from where I am, uh, I'm making no effort to overhear the conversation. Okay. 
but yeah, it's it is hard to say. I you know a bit of our time here is inevitably you know brought up much of, a bit of my past, but that. That is nothing necessarily that I have ne I have needed to to really hide. However, my time in this realm, I have learned that there are a great many who hold a great uh, uh, a great mu many information to themselves. For various, like, positive or negative. Secrets are inherently amongst the fey creatures similarly valuable. Less for personal security and more for games advantage. Power over another, if you will. However, silver. Um, it's different amongst the the others in this. Silva, could you do me a favor? You and Nathaniel over there are the only ones in this group who have actually seen Tom. You're the war veteran. If you can, I kind of need you two to watch over the rest of them. Make sure they don't get into too much trouble. What was that thing that Cassowary's group called you the something from hell? Angel of hell? I forgot for that one. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is if you can Maybe tap into that energy a little bit tonight. Maybe it's what we need to make sure everything goes according to plan.
regardless, um, just keep an eye on all of them, and you know. Do the best I can. Inevitably. Inevitably, I was able to get my relatively quickly. So that's changed over the years, maybe I guess due to necessity. <laughs> Fortunately, less. Nathaniel's going to be the one to at least. Nathaniel will have to be the one to rescue them. All I can inevitably do is attempt to throw something or diverge something that gets in the way. But inevitably, that will only will have to will have to stay close enough together for that, as to not repeat what happened in the fort. Don't let the armor fool you. Even your healers need protection. Well, yes. You might argue I mean, they need the most. But I mean, between the two of us, being in your point of the two of us being the war veterans and protecting them, he is truly the one that will be able to, he'll be able to rescue them. All I'll be able to do is knock something down that may get in their way. Or come, or hopefully come from behind. I couldn't tell you for certain. He wasn't on my side. I don't. Unfortunately, many healing spells are are saved for the divine rather than those who carry the book, who carry their magic in books. Hmm. Well, divine. Book read, Bloodborne. I, wherever it comes from, we're gonna need all the help we can get. Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> Not confirming oh. anything. Just you know. Just, just a phrase. I'm gonna leave now. Uh, we have a lot of planning to do. Normally at dawn we plan, but due to the circumstances, it's more of like an at late afternoon into the night we play, so. Much to be done. Try to get some rest. Uh, and with that, Caspian walks to the door, opens it. He does that thing where he, like, looks over his shoulder for a second, and then leaves, closing the door behind him. And you all are now uh, in your sleeping quarters. And as long as there's nothing else that you're wanting to do, you may now take full advantage of that full night's rest and I'm finally asleep. get some sleep. Uh, I will be doing some stuff before the others wake up, but when I am done with my uh, four hours of meditation. All right, what would you like to do? Um, yeah, once... Uh, once I'm done with my rest and just kind of look around, 
making sure that everyone else is still sleeping. We're the only ones that are still in this room. Correct. Okay. Um, I'll kind of pull my bag up and start like sorting through all of like my inventory and looking through double checking numbers on stuff, making mm-hmm. use of my time and then uh, getting to the box that is in my bag. And I'll just kind of sit there with it, just hold it. And then taking another quick look, making sure that everyone's staying asleep, I will close my eyes and begin to attempt to uh, utilize my medium skill. Focusing specifically on the box and energies that are surrounding it and everything. Uh, yeah, go ahead and, and make a medium check. For- it's a 17. Uh, you, without glancing at the inside of the contents of the box itself, you focus on the box and its surroundings in a metaphorical sense. And as you concentrate, focus, you do feel this unidentifiable draw towards the box itself and in your mind's eye you see these sort of silvery connecting threads of light that reach out from the box and reach to you and also sort of breaking away a few of the threads flow across the room uh, like loose spider webs and sort of reach out towards Johannes, uh, sleeping sound bed. There's this feeling of kinship between you, the box, and its previous holder. Uh, and there's also this feeling that doesn't seem to derive from anything connected to the spiritual world uh, or any sort of an, an afterlife. Uh, instead, the feeling is pure, concentrated power just raw power that doesn't emanate from the box, but from the item inside. Okay. And the box feels suddenly heavier in your That's that is that is what I was looking for, honestly, from that. Um, and 
feeling that feeling those energies i just kind of like pull that in and just put it back in the bag and close everything up and sit there and just kind of take a few deep breaths and just knowing that I have just confirmed what I was looking for. Do you at any point open the box? No. Okay. Uh, that was in all the conversations uh, surrounding this, the I believe it had been brought up that even getting a hold of it, even just to confirm to never open it. So that is just the, the thought that has been stuck in Seth's head is try to confirm that this is indeed what uh, they were looking for without <laughs> opening it and you know, potentially ruining everything. As you place the box down and put it away, the silvery threads that appear before your vision alone uh, sort of break away that connected you to the bot. But the threads connecting it to Johannes linger a little while longer. Mm-hmm. Taking several seconds before they too. Well. That is good to know. Um, noting that and making sure that it is tucked away, stored away, um, I will, you know, just get up, do some stretches, and then probably go look for Nevik to confirm the scrolls and all that stuff and get some more prep done. Uh, like, gather up some potions if they have them, double-check those scrolls with Nebic, um while everyone else is still getting a rest so that we don't have to do that once everyone wakes up and be in a rush, since we're, we'll be short on time once, we're, once everyone else is done. Um, so, in that case... Uh, yeah, so if you would like to, uh, and, and you're waiting, you're doing this before everyone else has woken. This is after, um, correct. Yeah. Trying to get some of that organizational stuff out of the way prior to, sure. uh, everyone else getting up. Okay. Uh, you go to the door and open it to leave, uh, and you see the back of a um, Citadel soldier standing there. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yes. Uh, would you be able to direct me towards Nebik? Uh, I need to have a conversation with him. Uh, my, my fellow part, the rest of my party is still sleeping, but I am I'm fully rested, so I plan on getting out ahead of some of our organizational stuff. I, uh, I had been directed not to uh, allow anybody to leave the room uh, until you are collected by the captain. Um, 
for security reasons. Okay, I mean, I can I can stay here if uh, you would be able to, at the very least, go let Nebik know uh, that that I had mentioned to him <clears throat> that uh, I was gonna review some stuff with him while everyone else was still resting. Make a make a persuasion check. For the age-old adage of lying. Uh, fourteen. The uh the guard uh looks at you and says, "All right, be quick about it, though. Down that hallway, up the stairs, fourth door." On the right. Thank you very much. And I'll just go ahead and quickly follow those directions. All right. Uh, you follow the directions, find your way upstairs, and you find yourself at an unassuming wooden door. Uh, Great. I'll knock on it. Uh, you hear a voice from within, uh, within the room. Uh, come in. Go ahead and walk in and be like, Nebik. Uh, uh, have you t- had the opportunity to gather those scrolls that we had talked about? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, young master said, yes, hello. Um, uh, yes, I have, uh, and you see that he has a large, uh, writing desk, and, uh, there are several books laid out across this desk, as well as several pieces of paper, um, and diagrams, and sort of in a small stack, uh, next to it. Uh, sitting on a stool, there are indeed uh, several scrolls that have kind of been bundled up uh, and are sitting there waiting. Uh, yes, well, I, I tried to locate um, some items that would be a little more uh, ideal for this situation. I was thinking about things that would be able to... Uh, avoid attention entirely now in most situations what i would recommend is something like a pass without a trace scroll um this of course is going to not only allow uh you um and he kind of reaches over and he pulls uh one of the scrolls from the pile um this particular scroll is actually an advanced version of this spell uh the normal usage of the spell is specifically for the self um but with this scroll you would actually be able to cast it on yourself and up to eight others uh within uh 10 feet of you uh so as long as those others are in very close vicinity to you they would be able to share in its effect um and it would uh yes so you would be looking at uh a great boon to your ability to conduct matter stealthily. Um, and you could only be tracked by magic beam. Um, you won't leave behind any tracks or anything like that of the sort. And it would be able to last an entire hour as well. Um, with the scroll, of course, you wouldn't need any material components. Um, you would only need to read the scroll aloud uh, for it to activate. That, that, honestly, that sounds perfect for what we'll be needing. I thought so as well. Um, your friend there, um, they weren't also still looking to 
use uh, a scroll themselves, did they? They, it didn't seem like they were entirely certain if there was a specific spell they had in mind. No, I th- I think they were more so thinking about just spell casting in general, not so much maybe a specific scroll. Um, we I can we, you know we can verify with them once they do uh, finish their rest. Uh, I just wanted to try and get most of this out of the way um, beforehand. Yes, of course, uh, understood. Um, I. Uh, and he um, kind of looks, he kind of digs through his uh, specific, so this little s- stack of scrolls that he has, he kind of looks through and he, he pulls one out, um, kind of ant that a little bit. I do wonder if perhaps this might be... Um, Of some use, I, uh, I actually was entirely sure if I had one available, but it, it turns out I do have the one, um, in here, and he hands another scroll to you. Uh, this one is much thinner and longer, and it is tied with this very ornate black bow. Um, and he hands this scroll to you. And he says, "This is a modified scroll of protection. Um, and this will." creates sort of like an invisible barrier uh, extending from you in, in like a cylinder of sorts. And this one has been modified uh, specifically to prevent Warforge from being able to break through the barrier. Or at least anything that resembles a Warforge. Interesting. Uh, this extends to construct Trucks uh, and machination. And what's the what's the range of that? Uh, it, it would um it would be about a five foot uh uh radius from you. It, it's very small. Um, it, it's really just enough to protect a single person. Okay. If if a warforged were inside that range, would they be pushed back? Or... No, if if uh, well, forgive me, if a warforged were to attempt to enter the barrier, they would be um, they they would be unable to to enter it. They they wouldn't be able to go through it in any way. But if you were to move into uh the the vicinity of a warforged, uh, then the effect would dispel. Okay. That that could very well be helpful uh, for some of our squishier members like myself. Um, do you? I know I didn't mention this dir- directly. Would you happen to have a stronger illusion scroll? Like, uh, like I'm personally able to make illusions with very small things, uh, but potentially something that would affect a larger area that we could utilize is like to hide from an oncoming control with 
no other place that we would be able to hide, for instance, like making a wall and appear in front of us or so on. Uh, I believe I had a scroll, and he, he kind of returns to a stack and sort of digs through some of them and flips. Um, this may be this may be considered overkill uh, in some respects, but better to, to be uh, overprepared than underprepared. I had snatched a scroll of major image uh, that could be yeah, helpful overkill. in this situation. Um, uh, you would definitely be able to create some sort of a distraction or even project uh, something like a like a wall um, around you to conceal your location. Uh, most. Yeah, if we if we would be able to to utilize that, that would I think that would come in handy in a pinch for sure. Yes, yes, certainly. Uh, let me let me hear. Any he, he's gonna hand uh, he's gonna start handing these scrolls over to you. Um, yeah. So in your equipment, you will find a spell scroll of third level, which is for the. Uh, Major image. Okay. There will also be the. Get that scroll of protection in there. Add Rooney. And then there was also the. If. Spoke. There it is. Just for sake of avoiding confusion. Go. <laughs> Each of these scrolls has one charge. So once it is used, it is used up. It is casting each of these spells at its base level. Gotcha. There you go. Cool. Uh, yes, there are your there are your scrolls. Use them well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nevik. Yes, of course, uh, of course. Happy to help. Yeah. Best of luck with uh, with uh, whatever you will be participating in for this. Yes. Well, I I will be uh. Aiding with the uh, with the the units at the at the floor. Uh, the other mages and I are going to be acting as uh, secondary units. But uh, if our aim is true, we should hopefully be able to uh, snipe out any uh, any warforged approaching from the air. That'll be a, a big help, I'm sure. Um... Well, I will leave you to the rest of your preparations then. Uh, thank you again for these scrolls. They will absolutely come in handy. Of course. All right. Stay safe. And I'll yes. just 
head back out through the door and head back to the to the room. All right. Um. Okay. As you leave, closing the door behind you, you head back. Um, I need you to make a stealth check so as to quietly return without waking anyone. Yeah, that's a 28. Yeah, that'll do. (laughs) That'll do. Does the guard see him on his way back? Uh, (laughs) That's a great of course, because he's standing in front of the door, uh, yeah. you arrive back at the door, and the guard does uh, see you, gives you a nod, uh, and opens the door for you so that you may enter. I'll just head in and get back to the bed and just kind of look over things once again, and otherwise just start like mentally preparing for the upcoming... Uh, Engagement. Which bed did you say was yours? Uh, I don't think I specified. I was next to Dak. I know, because okay. Dak chose one next to me. But I, right. I would have chosen one, like, a few beds in, um, away from the door. So You, uh, you close the door behind you, uh, quietly. Uh, you see that everyone around you is uh, now fast asleep, uh, or is otherwise resting. Uh, and you move towards the bed that you you have chosen, um, and then stop. Uh, you hadn't noticed it a second before, but as you look now, you see that it looks like there's actually something in your bed occupying it at the. Um, am I able to make out a general shape? You see uh, that the blankets are like sort of half pulled up over it, but what you're able to make out from uh, above the blankets is it's sort of just like a like a dark brown sort of mound. Uh, a few, a couple spots on it, uh, and it is unmoving. Dark brown mound on top of his bed. Seems it's like under the covers. Accident. <laughs> it's it is tucked into the covers. So there is it seems to be sort of like half under the covers and half out of them. I'll as quietly and unobtrusively as I can, I will go over to it and try and get a closer look and then like just kind of like pull. You walk towards the bed and you take the covers and pull them back. Uh, You can see now standing next to the bed that the the brown you saw was uh, it was fur hair. Uh, There are various spots of white, splotches of white hair uh, but also Pulling back the uh, fucking bed sheets deer. reveals entrails and uh, organs uh, that are exposed and sort of hanging out loosely. Uh, the sheets underneath are stained a very dark maroon red. Uh, and as you look, 
the look where the entrails connect to fur and to the mound, and it leads to the head of a deer resting on the pillow. As you are looking at the half-diminished corpse of a dead deer in your bed. How many eyes does it have? Just the two? It's facing away from you right now, so you can't tell. I will flip it over. You flip the deer over, and as you do, the head sort of flops around. Um, it has two eyes. Two normal eyes. Um, okay, did did anything happen like when I moved it, or if it was just it is behaving as though it is just an actual deer it head? Ju- it just flopped over. There's a sickeningly squelching sound that accompanies it as you shift it. Okay, um, I will. Uh, double check, like, make sure that my bag and stuff is still there. I'll take a look over at everyone else else's beds. Make sure, make sure no one else (laughs) has been swapped for, uh, for deer (laughs) entrails. What are you looking for? In my bag? I'm making sure that I go through my bag first, like, since it was very clearly targeted to my bed. What are you looking for? The box. That's the only thing that matters in there. I'm not asking this. As you look at the other beds to check everyone else, you hear... What are you looking for? Oh. Look for where that voice is coming from. You look back to the deer. And where it once had two eyes, it now has six. A crustacean-like tendril peels back skin and wraps itself over pulling the covers back over the deer. The head of the deer lifts up slightly, looking directly at you and says, What do you think you'll find? What should I find? You feel something hit your feet, and as you look down, you notice that a pool of water has begun seeping from the bottom of the bed, spreading out across the wooden floor, gathering around your sh- 
it carries with it seaweed and barnacle. You look back to the deer, and the deer replies. Haven't you already found everything you need? I found what I'm looking for. And it Are must you sure? stay and it must stay that way. The deer um lets in this horrible raspy breath and the ribs shift. One of the ribs protrudes forward and pushes down on the bed to lift the deer up slightly so that it may then crane its head to look over at Johannes sleeping in his bed. You took something from him. Did something you find that, what you were looking for? There was something that he should not have. Something that no one should have. I take it for the safety of all. You don't need to worry about your safety. All I asked you to do was jump. And you did. And here you are. Isn't that enough? What more could you be searching? I search for peace. I search for the release, for the safety of those that cannot take it for themselves. Your search will lead you to a mountain of corpses. Your quest will culminate in a sea of red. We have seen this. It has been foretold. I told you to jump, and you did. Should I also tell you to swim? Or, and the deer twists again. And as it does, the neck contorts. And from behind it, you see a face. A skull, a human skull, sharing the bed with the deer. Should I tell you to swim? Or do you wish to drown? The water pooling around your feet grows higher and higher. And you watch as each of your friends around you 
rolls from their bed. And as they do, you see that all of them lack flesh, lack muscle, lack blood. Skeletons wearing their clothing, they fall. Crashing to the ground, splashing into the water, which quickly churns and flows over them. The deer begins to turn its head back around and says, There is peace in drowning. But only for one. I must swim. I must survive so that others can. Fine. But she won't, and the deer head cranes and turns, its nose pointed at the skeletal remains of Silva as they float, the wings crumpled and bent. She'll drown every then I will just have to prevent that. Take her to the island. Or let her drown. Your choice. To save them every chance I can. The head laying against the pillow becomes silent and unmoving. The water recedes. You blink. And you see canvas over top of you. You reach and feel and pull away at blankets covering you. You lift your head from a pillow and you look to a room that is empty, save for you and your companion. You are in your bed. No water, no deer, no skeleton.
It's just That is where we will end tonight's session. Woo! Next time, we can delay no longer. It's time to siege Castle Broken Blade. And face our destiny. See you all next time. Thank you all for playing. Thank you all for watching. There's nothing to remember today. Not anymore. Goodbye.